They'll be here later on, said Caritomini. You may be sure of it. It'll be a fierce battle today, and we must be ready for the wounded poor creatures. Put that pallet over there, Xanthi, where it's cooler. Xanthi did as she was told. Please, dear gods on Olympus, who see everything we mortals do, she thought. Help me now. Please keep Boros away. Please, let it be other men who bring us these bodies. She shivered. Since the day when he'd first approached her, his words, What's a frisky little filly like you doing all alone here? I've seen you before, haven't I? Aren't you the one who helps with the sick? Don't you recognize me? I cart the bodies off the battlefield. I'm surprised your parents let you out so near sunset. Don't they know there are nasty men around? <laughs> oh, very nasty, really. You wouldn't want to bump into them, my flower. But don't worry. I'll see them off. Anyone who dares to try it with you. They'll never tangle with me. I'm known, see? One blow from this fist. Went around and around in her head, and with them a vision of his face with its thin, lipless mouth and his eyes the colour of phlegm, set too closely together in his enormous head. She tried very hard not to think of him, and most of the time she succeeded. She had told Andromache that she didn't want to be sent down to the market any longer, and if Andromache thought she was being silly, she said nothing about it. Maybe Xanthi thought, I'll never see him again. Maybe it wouldn't be him today bringing them another broken person. Maybe it would be someone she had never seen before. She prepared the pallets and the water and the bowls of oil used for cleaning the worst wounds, and when all was ready she left the blood room and went to sit on the low wall just outside, breathing in the warm air. She listened, but there was no noise of battle from the plain. It hadn't begun yet but she knew that it would. Xanthi hated the war. Every day the huge wooden gate they called the Skian Gate, which faced the plain and the sea beyond the plain, opened wide, and the chariots poured through, filled with armed soldiers. Lord Hector always led them out. Behind the chariots came the foot soldiers. The Greeks came, too, in chariots and on foot, from the tents that they had put up on the beach, and then both armies began to hack and stab one another, and many died. It was horrible, and I must, Xanthi said to herself, stop thinking about it. I must find something else to fill my mind. It was then that she noticed the eagle. She recognized it at once from images of eagles on pottery and tiles, but nothing had prepared her for its shining magnificence. It was much bigger than any bird she had seen before, and its feathers shimmered bronze in the sunlight. You're looking right at me, eagle, Xanthi said quietly, in case her voice frightened the bird away. You are truly beautiful, and your eyes are like liquid gold. It tilted its head and spread out its wings, as though it was displaying itself for Xanthi's benefit. She said, 
Have you come from the mountains? How wonderful to be able to fly over the city on those bronze wings. I wish I wasn't stuck here on the ground. I wish I could fly with you. The eagle stared at Xanthi. It was so close to her that she could have stretched out an arm and touched it. But something, some dread, held her back. That curved beak looked fearsome. Xanthi! Caritomini was calling. Farewell, Xanthi said. And as she spoke, the bird rose straight into the air and hovered so near her that she felt the draught from its moving wings. It hung in the air, and then it was gone, soaring higher and higher over the city. Xanthi watched it until it was nothing more than a speck in the distance. Then she turned to go back into the blood room.